Hey friends, this is Angie, and this is my brand spanking new podcast, Dwelling in Magic. I'm so excited to be starting this whole thing off with a really special interview. Her name is Amy Anderson, and she is so filled with life and light. She's adventurous and magical. She's wonderful and incredible, and I know you're just going to love her. So what do you say we just hit the trail and see where this thing leads? Giddy up. I'm so fortunate and excited to be sitting here today with one of my dearest friends, Amy Anderson, at her enchanting home in Northeast Minneapolis. I wanted to begin this podcast series with her because she is a fascinating and remarkable artist and human, but also she is someone who I dream and scheme and play with more often than anyone else. I trust her with my ideas and can share my heart's longings and callings with her, and she with me. We collaborate trade our gifts with one another, and meet weekly as accountability partners. Our friendship is magic. Allow me to describe her. Amy is a fashionista, a brilliant photographer, and a badass businesswoman. Amy is a lover of nature and the woods where she walks every day with her beautiful dog, Rhubarb. She loves poetry, beautiful things, and people. She has drawn to her side the most amazing partner and group of friends that adore her and adventure with her and dwell in magic with her. For many years, Amy devoted herself to teaching English at an alternative school with at-risk youth. But she eventually felt a different calling and bravely left the security of a normal job to launch her photography business full-time. She never looked back and lives her best life every day. Amy just recently celebrated her birthday, her 46th, woohoo! But she has curated her life in such a magical way that nearly every one of her days feels like a celebration. She's better than anyone I know at really sinking into the fun and luxurious side of life. She works hard, but there's an ease to it. Amy's life as a photographer has connected her to so many people, and I know what a gift her work has been to countless lives. I am unbelievably lucky to have had, have had her capture so many moments in my life. Every second of my life as a mom, from pregnancy on, all of my artwork, my band, my family, and their weddings, and has collaborated on so many projects with me. I cannot adequately express my gratitude for all she is giving me, and I know her work continues to bless so many others too. One of the reasons that Amy's photos are so good is due to her superpower ability to connect with the people she's shooting. She helps them feel comfortable and actually enjoy being photographed, which is no small feat. Many people shrink away or tense up as soon as the lens is pointed in their direction, but Amy can coax them out of their shell. I've had the opportunity to assist her on many of her shoots in the past couple years, and I am in awe of how she works. People come to life in her presence, and it's always so cool when the guard goes down. The lights turn on, their eyes begin to sparkle, and a genuine smile spreads across their face. It's like magic. And the best thing, you get to see how amazingly beautiful every single person is. It's so beautiful. In addition to gaining the subject's trust and getting them to shine, Amy is simultaneously setting up the shot. There's all the tech parts, lighting and shutter speed, and then there's all the artistic parts. She is truly a master at her craft. Her portraits are stunning, and her work celebrates those that society can often ignore. She photographed her at-risk students at Crossroads. What a gorgeous and meaningful project that was. Most recently, Amy did a series with a woman named Rose an amazing 94-year-old woman whose style and panache stayed with her right until the end. She just recently passed. The images of Rose in her yellow suit and her yellow kitchen perfectly put together. They are so powerful and so fun. 
I've heard little musings and ideas for new projects that are percolating in her beautiful mind. I cannot wait to see what she's going to do next. And I can't wait for you to get to know her a little bit right now. So my partner in art and fun, thanks for your time today. Woohoo! Thanks, Ange. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. And the way that I like to start is by lighting the candle. Oh, beautiful. Representing our divine spark, that light that we all carry. And some people shine even brighter in that. Some that one of those people is you. You're just so special. <laughs> right back at you. Oh my gosh. That was such a great intro. I hope every one of your friends gets to be on this podcast so they get to hear all those beautiful things that you say about them. And it's just it's so true. You and I have the most wonderful friendship that just sparks so much creativity in both of our lives and mm-hmm. uh, and adds just such incredible accountability which is half the battle. I mean, we all have brilliant genius ideas, but if we can't ever get them out of our heads and into the world, then they're pretty worthless. Oh, I and know. Yes. yes. You give like the, it gives a structure to your, pulls your dreams out of the clouds for a minute and gives mm-hmm. them a little structure. Mm-hmm. But when you first asked me to be your accountability partner, I was like, what exactly do you mean? Um, I thought you asked me to be your accountability partner. Really? I totally told someone in the last week, like, then Angie was like, do you want to be accountability partners? That is hilarious. <laughs> I totally thought that it was, that, that is just like, that's actually, podcast universe, that's actually a perfect example of you and I, mm-hmm. where the, the flow is just so effortless back and forth in like support of one another, that it doesn't even matter who was the one that said like, hey, can we, should we? But just to give background, we get together, I mean, ideally once a week, we don't always make it once a week, mm-hmm. but we get together and we, I call it my Angie list. And it's the list of things that I, okay, what am I going to get done this week? And then just I, other people have said, oh, I want to do that. I want, I want to have an accountability group and an accountability, you know, structure. But the truth is there's something really special in that, like, we aren't judging each other. And there isn't, there's accountability, but there isn't a, why didn't you, you should have, there's just the absolute absence of shame. Mm -hmm. And everybody who ever gets to cross paths with you knows that there is no judgment and no shame. Mm -hmm. There's not Mm -hmm. anger. There's, there's just this, like, what are, I trust you. I trust you to be able to create. I trust you to be able to, uh, to know what it is your next step is. I trust you to, you know, but I'll be here to say, yay to whatever it is you get to check off that list. Oh my gosh, and it's really exciting. Amy Amy checks a few more off than me a lot of times because yeah. you just yeah. think you can scribble more well, off And than I, I put can things do. on there like make dentist appointment, which is not like exactly <laughs> a vibrant life choice, but it's super important. Yes. So it's like even dumb stuff like that. A lot of it is creative and a lot of it is like, I'm gonna shoot a roll of film this week. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that I have to see Angie next Thursday and tell her if I shot a roll of film or not gets my butt out the door and gets me to shoot that roll of film. Oh, and so it's yeah. both the artistic stuff and the, you need to clean out your closet. Mm-hmm. Part yes. of which is like sometimes harder than the creative stuff. And sometimes she's doing them, you know, 20 of them. Yeah. In the, in the two hours before and we then, meet. And then, yeah, exactly. It's Thursday. It's Angie. I'm going to see Angie in four hours. I got to get the rest of these things checked off. I got to get all my checks. I got to get all my checks. I get like real into it. But it's amazing is, how much yeah. you can get done. Yes. When you're like, when you have someone yeah, waiting to listen. Yeah. It really yeah. is. And I, and I love that that someone is you. It's just the best. It really is the best. Amy, I think people might think it's interesting to hear how we met. <gasps> yes. Oh, do you want me to tell the story? Yes, I do. I love this story. Um, so... 
I love this story. There was an earthquake. (laughs) Like that's not the very that's not the best place to start. I love where the story ended. Where it began was a tragic earthquake that happened. It was an earthquake in Haiti. It was Mm -hmm. was it 2010? I think. Yeah, I think so. 2010 ish. So you know, about 12 years ago or so, and um, and I had never met Angie. We had a mutual friend in common, Mm -hmm. Luke Jacobs. Yeah, and uh, and he connected me with Angie because Angie needed somebody to photograph for her. Oh, great. New client. Let's do it. And, but it turns out what she needed me to photograph was every piece of artwork that had been donated in one week. The earthquake happened on a Sunday and this I think was a Saturday. Mm -hmm. It was less than a week later. Angie had single-handedly organized one of the largest art auctions I've ever been to. I mean, there were so many pieces. I had a lot of help. I mean, I did. Yeah? I have friends who have, are connected to a lot of artists. Sure, but, sure. Yes. But I think it was your spark. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I yeah, mean, it was. This, that's totally you to not care whose idea it was or where the credit came. But the thing I think about when I think about you is I have something on my heart. I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I need my friends to help. Yes, that is true. Yeah. Which is such a beautiful combo because as your friend, I get pulled into some magic whirlwind of awesome that changes my life. Mm. And in this case, very much so because this is how I met you. Mm-hmm. So she's got this art auction happening. And if you win an art piece, you simply write a check to save, save the, the children, children Haiti. Mm-hmm. And we're, she just amasses this giant you know, amount of money to send. And when I got to that event that evening there was this mosaic piece on the wall and it was this beautiful woman and she there were tears and it was just in French because you know in Haiti they speak French and and it said uh my um my heart is still singing the flowers still bloom or something do you remember this what is it I mean I don't even know it's downstairs and I it's on my wall and I was so excited about this mosaic piece and I stood next to it all night and every time someone would try to bid on it at the silent auction I would jump in and write a new bid. <laughs> it's like, I was just totally like a hawk on that one. And then at the end of the night, I was uh, talking to Angie about what a great event it was. And I was like, and I found this amazing piece. I bought this mosaic piece. It's so beautiful. And she's like, I made that. And I thought, what? She's so incredible to be able to organize this whole thing and then to be able to make that kind of art that inspired so much joy in me and in the midst of something difficult. It was just really beautiful. And that was the beginning, as they say, of the rest of our lives. Holy cow. And that is no joke because it went, then I need things. I had never had anyone photograph my work professionally. And and so we, we traded. So I did a wall in Amy's house. Oh yes. I had just bought my house that same year. That's how I knew it was 2010. Mm -hmm. And I, and she came over to my blank slate house that we, gutted everything basically and redid all you know the trims and the windows and oh, everything and, so gorgeous. and um thank you thanks to you and so we were looking at little wall here and a little doorway there and then i said what about this giant wall what if <gasps> what would we do could we just do ho-? and she made this beautiful horse mosaic on my wall and uh and that was now i'm up to three mosaics yeah, you are <laughs> in this house yes. and it's uh it's such a beautiful metaphor for the way that you've brought so much magic and reflection and light and joy into my life mm. and it some of it just happens to be glued to the wall but most <laughs> of it is ethereal and is just kind of between us as people and it's oh my gosh what a gift I best. mean that's a really fun 
um, beginning story for yeah. us. I yeah, we have so a good, we got a good meet cute. Yes, we have an excellent do. meet cute. It's really great. Oh my gosh, Amy. Okay, so Amy really loves poetry, and she does do. send me a lot of things that really feeds her spirit, and it's a big part of her pr- daily practice mm-hmm. reading poetry. Mm-hmm. And I asked her if she would share something with us. Tonight. Yeah, as soon as you asked me, it's it's really interesting because um, I was a literature major, and I you know used to teach English, and I, I have all these things where poetry is a major soul feed for me. It's a big mm-hmm. thing that I love in my life. But the minute you're like, maybe you could share a poem. I was like, I knew exactly which poem. I mean, there. this mm-hmm. is the poem of my life. This is the poem of my life. And I have no it. No big deal. No Just big deal. Right? <laughs> I have it memorized, but I, I'm not going to trust myself to do it. Because A, if I do it from memory, I might cry. Mm-hmm. And B, I'll probably get distracted and forget where I am. So this is by the poet Rilke, mm-hmm. which everyone's out there listening to the podcast going, oh, yeah, I love Rilke. If you don't know Rilke, you should pull your car over to the side of the road and look at your phone and look at 20,000 Rilke poems because mm-hmm. they just never stop um, being more and more beautiful than the one before it. Mm-hmm. And so this is um, from the Book of Hours, which is my favorite Rilke book. As you can see, it has no cover. It's been mm-hmm. like ratty. It's all the pages are falling out. There's train tickets, European train tickets and the mm-hmm. pages from places I've brought in. Mm-hmm. I, I this So this poem book I read, I spent the summer in Europe and I read this uh, one poem every day with my sister and we cho- chose one line and we would just meditate on that line throughout the whole day. And so at some point in the trip, I came across this poem and then it was basically just this poem for the rest of my life. Oh my so here you go. God speaks to each of us as he makes us and then walks with us silently out of the night. These are the words we dimly hear. You sent out beyond your recall. Go to the limits of your longing. Embody me. Flare up like flame and make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Don't let yourself lose me. Nearby is the country they call life. You will know it by its seriousness. Give me your hand. When I read that poem, it feels, it doesn't have the, it's so interesting to say it out loud on your podcast feels really different than the way I carry it in my heart. Because there's a reason it's my favorite poem in the whole world. And that is because I feel like it has to do with the idea of going to the limits of your longings. Mm-hmm. You sent out beyond your recall, go to the limits of your longings. It feels mm-hmm. to me like instructions on how to live our lives. Yes. We don't remember the purpose that we were, you know, given as we as we moved into this life. Mm-hmm. All we have are these deep longings that we have, which feels so I don't know, personal or silly or scary or whatever they feel to us. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing you really, really want that's out there, that's the thing uh, that leads you to yourself mm-hmm. and allows you to be this vessel that you and I talk about, you know, being this vessel of, in the world mm-hmm. to bring beauty and to bring magic and to bring joy and to bring life into, uh, into other people's lives, into the world at large, into mm-hmm. the life of strangers, into the lives of the people that we care about. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it's all about for me. Yes. That's what it's all about. Oh my gosh. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And you'll know it by its seriousness. Like mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. this can be a weighty place and heavy. And you people will say, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that mm-hmm. with all. Mm-hmm. But 
Oh my gosh. When you go to the edges of your longing. What do you, how do you say it again? The, go to the limits, limits of, of your longing. longing. That's a, this is a translation. Nerds out there. Nerd alert. This is a translation by Anita Barros and uh, Joanna Macy. And there's a lot of different translations because Rilke was originally a German poet. So he wrote in German because he was German. German. And, and so he was a, so there's all these different translations. And, and I like the Stephen Mitchell translation, Best of Letters to a Young Poet, which is a beautiful prose thing he wrote mm-hmm. that everyone should read. Letters to a Young Poet. Mm-hmm. Pull your car over and order it <laughs> from your local independent bookstore. Yes. And, uh, uh, but this is a really special translation for me. And I've read it in other translations. And it's like, well, that's not, because I love that. Go to the limits of mm-hmm. your longings. That alliteration in there is just so beautiful. And flare up like flame and make big shadows I can can move move in in. oh my god which is another thing I mean that's part that's the scariest part about trying to live a creative life is that flare up part Mm -hmm. you know because if there's a big flare over here it draws attention and it draws people's criticism and it draws uh people that love you that are afraid for you to be so big and be so out there and be so creatively vulnerable and you know it's 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 a lot but that's the only place you find it it is. And sometimes they're just little teeny threads. Like the longing, like the deep, deep longings that you have are sometimes very clear. And other times they're just like little threads of mm-hmm. curiosity. This mm-hmm. podcast is mm-hmm. a thread of curiosity for me oh, that for I'm sure. just like, for sure. Maybe? I don't know. Let's but see where this is. goes. Let's yes. see what happens here. Mm-hmm. I love that for you. I've been so excited. So, this, of course, this podcast showed up on our accountability list early on. <laughs> I got to write my intro. I got to whatever. You know, it's like, and I love, I've been so excited watching this thing grow. And, and uh, when you asked me to be on the podcast, I was very honored. Oh, I know. And it really, it really seemed so right to begin mm-hmm. with you because mm-hmm. it's so true. Like, so many things have come to life because you've believed in me mm. and I, I get to bear witness to so many things that you're dreaming about and mm-hmm. big shifts that happen yeah. in your financial world yeah. and different, yeah. different dreams that are coming. It's just such a gift to be able to. Well, to and those of you that know Angie out there in the world and those of you that don't, there's nobody that will believe in you more than you believe in the people that you care about. Like mm. there, I can say mm-hmm. to Angie, I'm going to make a million dollars. And she said, yeah, you sure will. I mean, there's just constant backing, which is such a beautiful place to grow. And I'm so excited to watch this happen for you. It's, um, it's great. And it's, I mean, it's vulnerable to put ourselves out there. And, it, and um, unfortunately, the magic that we talk about is only available past comfort, oh, yeah. past vulnerability, past all the things that we don't want to risk. Oh, yeah. We can only reach the other side where all the magic is yes. if we're willing to. And that stuff gets easier, but you know it's it. It's a muscle you yes. when you're flex. You know, when you're building yeah. that muscle of like, okay, I know that I can step out there and that good things happen over there, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make the scary part any less scary. No, every it doesn't. Time. It doesn't. You know you can do it, but it doesn't make it less scary. Yeah, absolutely. And I think becoming a... a Getting better and better, developing the muscle. I was going to say becoming a fear junkie. Like, I'm going to get there. But I, I remember Mel Robbins, who I've listened to a lot and love. She, love her. Mel! We talk about her a lot. Mel! It's, uh, what I think about her, one of the things that she taught me was this idea that um, I think she, the, she used it specifically. She talked about the imposter syndrome idea mm-hmm. in this example that she gave. And she said, every time you feel imposter, like an imposter, you should celebrate because it means you're in a room that is a stretch for you Mm -hmm. and you're in a place that is bigger and you're with people that know more and you're in a growth place. 
And so you should yes. be seeking that out. And if you can't remember the last time that you felt like nervous or that you were in something new or that you were an imposter and that maybe you were in above over your head and all those sorts of feelings that we are told, like, you better watch out for, you better run from. She's framed them for me to say, like, there you go. That's where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I have little timers that go off in my head that are like, I have not done anything that makes me nervous in quite a while here. I need to feel something. I need to push past something. Mm -hmm. Right. And the pandemic was terrible for me in that it was so comfortable and delightful. Mm -hmm. um, forgive me, world at large, for saying that, but it was a it was a time of extreme rest. I had mm -hmm. been so busy, so much social, so much business, so much art, so much client, so much light. It was like I was going a million miles a minute, and then nothing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember when it first hit. I had I made these checklists for myself and I was like I'm gonna do yoga I'm gonna work out I'm gonna read poetry I'm gonna read a novel I'm gonna, every single day I was trying to keep the pace mm -hmm. and eventually I had to just acknowledge like you have a pace problem and you need to learn to slow down and you need to learn to relax and mm -hmm. you need to take time and space and I completely overhauled the speed at which I live my life mm -hmm. and you've carried that in yes Big yes time yes since the pandemic and so once I really sank into the beach chair of relaxation, <laughs> like living a leisure life, mm -hmm. it was hard to get back into the discomfort space. Mm -hmm. um, it was hard to uh, to create again, to get back into like, because my creation, the way I, I photograph people is always done in collaboration. It's very collaborative. Um, mm -hmm. There's the thing, you and I have talked about this before, but I there's a photographer named Andy Goldsworthy. Pull your car over and look up Andy Goldsworthy. <laughs> I think you should just park for the rest. Yes, no, maybe you shouldn't drive again. anymore while you're listening to this. So Andy Goldsworthy is this incredible artist. I'm sure there's a lot of heads nodding out there like, oh yeah, I love him. But he's actually a sculptor who works entirely in the natural world. And he mm -hmm. creates these big, I shouldn't say big, sometimes they're very small. They're the size of three leaves together. And sometimes they are an entire garden wall that's, you know, half a mile long. They're, they range uh, every kind of material, wood and stone and reed and water. And when you look them up, you're going to gasp because they are so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so he creates these natural sculptures been a lifelong dream of mine to randomly come across one <gasps> yeah <laughs> I, I gotta figure out where he's working if he's still working you know just oh, go hang out in his backyard during a snowstorm and see what i can see <gasps> well so i gotta tell you one thing yes. there was when i when we lived in montana there was she called herself i know it's a girl because someone told me eventually but it, they she called herself the montana banksy and she would do like rock installations on the oh, beach yes. like and i would yes. find them and it would delight me so much i can't even like it was such a gift and they were so temporary like they would yes. be kicked yes. or washed away and yep. oh my gosh so yes that's oh. well and that's the key to them is that they mm -hmm. are temporary there's yeah. a handful that are permanent and were you know installed by the museum but like mostly they are yeah. gone mm -hmm. and no one would ever know they ever existed except for that he took a photograph mm -hmm. and the the book that I have seen that I have of his and, and the, the work I've seen is all photographs of this thing magical thing that was created so when I think about how I work mm -hmm. how I work especially in my fine art film portraits because I shoot all my fine art on film mm -hmm. I I it's slow it's a process it takes time I'm with the person that feels a lot more like an Andy Goldsworthy mm -hmm. experience where there's this beautiful thing that happens between me and the other person and a connection and like the a, a love of... thing that happens. Yes, the exchange. And then the only thing I have to show is this photograph. Like I can't recreate that. It's a, mm -hmm. it's 
ethereal. It's gone the moment it's gone. But I can show you the picture of what was there, and I can try to create that in a in a particular way that um, that really honors for me very much honors who the people are because I love people. You and I have this oh, in common. Yes. Like we we meet at a restaurant for accountability. Yes, and a really beautiful one. Really or, beautiful. Oh, we shout out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's should true. We? Shout out. We should. Yeah, we yes, should. yes, sure. we should. Right. So. Uh, it's cardamom. cardamom is the one that we go to the most. Mm-hmm. And then, what's our other one? The hotel. What is that? Oh, name? yeah. Hewing. The Hewing. Oh, oh That's where we go in the winter because the sun's so nice. But we kind of go back and forth. So, um, and the Hewing actually is funny because we've only gone there a couple of times. Uh, but, but now we, it's officially in my heart one of our places. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. And so, but wherever we go, we end up becoming friends with, our, with the people that work there. Mm-hmm. And they see us because we come in every week. And... And to encounter you is to just be bombarded with like pure love. And I love that about you. It's such a beautiful part of your personality. And both you and I just love people. There's no humans that we don't love. And now that, so Angie, I'm telling you podcast world, Angie works with me a lot on shoots with clients Mm -hmm. and lots of different kinds of people and lots of different, all this stuff. And when I have you there, everything's just a little, it's way easier, but everything's a little bit more love infused which is what i'm always going for even when i'm shooting headshots for a business i want it to be infused with love Mm -hmm. and i want it to draw the person out and to make things magic and so for me i remember once uh somebody had a there was a call from a gallery that i I really liked and i wanted to work with and we were talking about and and they had a they were doing a landscape show Mm -hmm. and i tried to come up with some image they could use that was landscape based and i literally didn't have one which then i i I started going into the discomfort of creating different kinds of work and i started working with non photos that did not have people in them Mm -hmm. because i realized i'd been working for over 10 years at that point, and I didn't have a single photo that didn't have a person in it, because all I wanted was that connection with yes. those people. Oh my gosh! And you are so good at that connection piece. You just are. You just you can see right into the hearts of people in such a beautiful mm. way. I would love to hear what, like the series with Rose was such a gift to both of mm. you and her whole family. Oh, I, I love her so sure. much. But I would love to hear um, what it was like getting to know her and being in her home. And oh, it's so she's actually the the large project I did. There's been two projects in my mind that really defined my uh, work, mm-hmm. and one of them was seven years long, and that was my students, which is a whole nother story. And Rose was two years long. So it's it, they go, they come for a while, they stay for a while, they lodge in my heart for a while. So. But Rose was so unique because it was just one person. And I had never photographed just one person over the course of a, of a period of years, you know, mm-hmm. more than one year. And multiple visits and time with her and getting to love her and going to her birthday and the funeral of her husband and all these, you know, I mean, and all these hers. things. And then hers, yeah. And so it's like I, she, she made this mark on my heart. And what I love about it is that I imagine that every person that I meet when I'm on a walk in the summer and I take some beautiful portrait that I love and we have this great moment of connection, I imagine if I spent two years with them, I would love them as much as I love Rose and I would find as much beauty in who they are and how they live. So Rose Rose came into my life via Instagram, which is awesome that I got something creative and inspiring from that platform. Yes. Because uh, it does not tend to be, it's very inspiring for me, but it mm-hmm. tends to be a time suck that keeps me away from making my art as opposed to an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw a picture of her and on Mother's Day and she was wearing all yellow. Uh, and um, 
if any of you out there in podcast world have seen this work, it's uh, it's she's always in yellow. Everything's yellow. The whole series is yellow because her house was yellow and her clothes were yellow. So I saw a picture of her wearing a yellow suit in a yellow dining room, putting yellow flowers on a yellow set table. And I was like, what? So her granddaughter is a friend of mine. And I saw this picture she posted of her grandmother on Mother's Day. And I was like, who is that woman? I need to meet her. I need to Mm -hmm. photograph her. I need to know her. I want, I just felt that instant connection. So I, I reached out to my friend and she threw the doors open and invited me home and said, come meet my, you have no idea. First she said, oh, you have no idea, which was accurate. Like you think she looks cool? Just wait till you meet her. Just wait till you connect with her. Just wait. You think that that picture is cool? Wait till you see her living room. Wait till you see her kitchen. So Caitlin is my friend and she just opened the doors wide and the whole family just welcomed me into their house and their hearts and they were incredible. And Rose was, I mean, just such an incredible inspiration all the things she'd accomplished in her life all the way she in which, was like a yeah. big big businesswoman yeah early she was on, right? really Wasn't early she? on yeah. when that I mean she's 90 she was 94 when I encountered her and she'd had all these different iterations of life and she'd been um a draper she'd made all these incredible drapes that were like very fancy and fabulous mm-hmm. and then she had um and then she had she'd run a, a high-end consignment store mm-hmm. like for women and she'd done all these fashion things she just was incredible but the thing I noticed the most about her that was really meaningful to me was that she um, she was she still had that spark mm-hmm. and, and it, it suddenly gave me hope that um, that I could be 94 and still finding daily joy in the small things in my life and making things beautiful and connecting with people and um and making my space beautiful and making um creative making art she still did creative projects right up until the end and so it's like she you know Mm. her home was this beautiful work of art that she had created that was just outstanding and not on a level of interior design, though it was stunning, just more like on a spirit level. There was yes. just so much life in it. And I have... Um, it was like a time capsule. Oh, it was. It was. And actually, somebody else bought the house. It had a big yellow front door. And after she passed... Actually, she moved... Before she passed away, someone bought the house because they she moved um, into a assisted living place after her husband died. They lived in their own house. And she could have continued, but she loved the social life. She wanted the people. Mm-hmm. So she um, moved into uh, sort of a you know, assisted living space with other people her age and generation and and um, and had a vibrant family that loved her so much and stuck with her and hung out with her all the time there. And so she had a blast. She, she called me the last time I talked to her. She called me because the series had been picked up and put in a magazine. And I had, of course, sent copies of the magazine to Rose. And and she uh, showed them to all her friends, and she called me to thank. She always said, honey, honey, oh, honey, I just let you know. She always called me honey, and she was just the sweetest, most lovely human, and I'll be so grateful for her and the way she came into my life. And and the way that, so finding finding inspiration in just the person and who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, she was She had a lot of extra inspiration visually because she just created such a beautiful visual environment in which to live. Mm-hmm. And so photographing her was like, you know, shooting fish in a barrel, but she was um she was exceptional but she was just the place my curiosity took me like you were talking about that thread that that um that changed my life 
Did she like being photographed? Was that a fun process? She for did. Her? Yeah. She did. She picked out all of her own clothes, and she or, we orchestrated hats. And Caitlin would help, and she would go and change in her room into her next suit and come out and I'd pose her. <laughs> and she'd agree to wear her fur in the living room. And she oh, was yes. very. She was a beautiful person to collaborate with because she was very excited about all the choices we made, and we made them together. Mm-hmm. And then um, she also really re- respected. Like she gave me full artistic freedom. Like. I'd say, I want to shoot you in that. How about here in the living room? Would you stand just like that? So there's a lot of collaboration, but she felt very at ease, I think, mm-hmm. in front of the camera and very connected. And I think because she could feel how much love I had for her. Oh, yeah. You know, and and um, once her family saw the photos, I think they really felt the beautiful respect that's present in them, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, you know, it's and vulnerable. Aging, very vulnerable. And aging in general can be mm-hmm. like being photographed when you get older. As you are aging, even mm-hmm. at, it, it changes how you um, sink into accepting who you are. Yeah. And, be, and, yeah. the, and you really, she was so beautiful and so. She was an exceptionally beautiful 90 year old person, you know, 90 something mm-hmm. year old person. And, um, uh, but. The truth is that the, you know this. You and I talk about this all the time. That that beauty is is um, absolutely present in every single person, mm-hmm. and we don't feel nearly as beautiful as we actually are. And um, I say we, and I think, well, that's true. That's not true for me. I, you know, it's like we all feel <laughs> we all feel that in our bodies. Yes. I know I know it's all fake because I see it in my job daily and in my art all the time. Um, but being able to give people photos that they love of themselves is to be able to show them how beautiful they really are, at least in some capacity. Oh my gosh. Well, what really surprised me through assisting you is that, like, I know on a spiritual level how beautiful everyone is. That wouldn't take me long to love people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by being in their presence or talking with them. But what, like, physically, when something comes to life through their eyes mm-hmm. or their smile, mm-hmm. they are so beautiful. You physically, mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. even believe it. So mm-hmm. it's like it's, right. the spirit comes out in such yeah. a powerful way, even in a f- few brief moments that you spend with people. Sometimes yeah. shooting them, like it, like the students absolutely. at the schools this past year, like you only had thirty seconds with oh, some of them. Yeah, absolutely. And then it was like, whoa, bang, whoa, there it was, and you know, what off, off we go to the next mm-hmm. person. But it's really, really, I had never experienced it in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, seeing how when people's lights come on. Well, and it's an interesting it's an interesting um, combo. It's like a you have so many jobs when you're shooting a photograph, and some of them are very technical, as the photographers out there will know, or the people who have attempted photography. Mm-hmm. Thought this is way harder than I thought it was. <laughs> you know, there's so many things that are technical about it. So there's this whole left brain activation where you have to be thinking about numbers and math and what's my shutter speed and am I, t- you know, and all this stuff and do I have enough light in here? What's the, all these? Especially when I'm shooting on film and I have to do all that, hold it all in my head while I'm while I'm connecting with the person. But really the thing I'm most proud of that I'm trying to do is to draw that spirit out, mm-hmm. you know, like to show them, to let get that spirit to peek out from behind sort of the facade that we have. Mm-hmm. We all love to photograph children. And part of why we love to photograph children is because they don't have that guard up yet. No. And so they just are present in their full spirit and beauty. And we just can't stop looking at it. And we want to like take all these beautiful pictures of them. And everyone loves to photograph their own kids, their grandkids, their niece, their nephew. It's very common to, for people. Um, and then they find out it's very hard to photograph children because they're <laughs> yes, fast and they run away. And they're, you know what I mean? It's like you can't like, they're like, yeah, jumping on the bed. And it's such a cool moment and you want to capture it. But like, it's too dark in here and we don't have the right F-stop. And how do we this and that? And the film's, oh, and I messed it up. And it's like... Mm-hmm. 
that's what keeps me employed is how hard children are to photograph oh to actually gosh. capture that spirit. But the spirit's there. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, it's the easiest thing to photograph because the spirit's already out. And so mm-hmm. I can, once the spirit of the person is present, I can make beautiful things with it, with them. Oh, right. Yeah. But for adults, for anyone actually over the age of, I'd say six or seven, I photograph a lot of children annually throughout their life. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where they come and I haven't seen them in a year. And last year they were free and vibrant mm-hmm. and their soul was present. And this year they're gone. And they're, and it's the most obvious in that particular moment because they haven't yet learned how to make a facade. They mm-hmm. don't yet know how to act natural. Mm-hmm. They just know that they're not supposed to be natural. And so we learn to bring these parts of our, oh, this part of me gets positive attention. This part of me gets negative. I'll put this one away. I'll only present this, mm-hmm. right? But when a young child is just learning that transition, so they do a real cardboard wide smile. They know they're supposed to smile. Mm-hmm. They just don't yet know how to make it like Instagram yeah. smile. Right. They just are trying to not be themselves. It's one of the most heartbreaking transitions to have. Oh my gosh. Yes. To and, watch. And that, like my son, Hans, he, I was just looking at some older, he's always kind of shook with joy, like just shook with joy. Yeah. yeah. He just yeah, had that him. spirit yeah. that was like, ah, and his brother is much more like pulled, you know, does doesn't show you quite as much of that, but it was mm-hmm. it just was so who he was this joy, and and now you photographed him again. He is way a lot more guarded for sure in his photographs. Mm-hmm. That little smile, like mm-hmm. you remember. And I just go, where does that spark? Like, how do we keep that spark? I was talking with him. I'm like, is it the school? Is it being institutionalized? Like, what? How do we keep that spark? Yeah, and not lose that. And you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. I was just thinking about it today. So well, I think it's a, I think it's a lifelong um, process, and I think that a, many people that we see at Target um, are pretty disconnected from their own spark, mm-hmm. and and I think that I do not have an answer. I know no. that was not an answer question. This is like a, <laughs> here are some thoughts on, on this. But we, yeah. I guess you and I we know how to cultivate it. We know we, how we work to, to cultivate it and to yeah. try to leave breadcrumbs back to. Our heart and our spark. Yeah, you know, we yeah. know ways to reach it. Sometimes. Well, and what's interesting but... about what you're saying right now that I'm realizing is that I guess that is a thing I do. It's a thing that happens so naturally. That one of the things I used to say when I was a teacher, because a lot of my students, because they had been unsuccessful in the past at school, they had um, they were coming into a class that they had already failed. Almost everyone, actually, every single one of them was coming into a class they had failed already once. Mm-hmm. So there's a, that's a big hurdle to try to get over. And so we would talk about, there are things that come naturally to us that we don't notice that we do. Mm-hmm. And there are things that we have to work really hard at. And so chances are, if you're walking in my door, this is one of the things you have to work really hard at. For me, English, literature, words, mm-hmm. poetry, ah, blah, 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 all day long. Mm-hmm. Math, no thank you. No, thank mm-hmm. you very much. Mm-mm. I don't want to look at a number. I don't want to add them together. I don't want to see a whole thing. Okay. It's like, for you and I, I think getting real comfortable with being joyful, mm-hmm. I think is is something that comes naturally to both of us. Mm-hmm. I think we're buoyant oh, yeah. in general. Um, well, when s- we go through something and share it, like, oh, I feel so badly today. Yeah. It's about, yeah. Yeah. you know, 
an hour and a half, two hours later, sometimes the next day, that yeah. we're like, hi, back, you know, and that's, yeah. what a yeah. gift. Do yep. you feel, to be able to. Well, and that's, that's when I, when I use the word buoyant, it's a very particular special, it's a thing I'm talking about that is that exact thing, the ability to bounce back. You could call mm-hmm. it resiliency. Mm-hmm. But there are plenty of people it's like it's one thing comes naturally and one you have to work at. And so if the buoyancy comes naturally for us, then the thing we have to work at is maybe the structure or maybe yes. the um, the details or maybe that, right? And for somebody else, the details comes really naturally. And those people that I see at Target that I have a tough time finding their spark on that particular day, maybe they have it every day, maybe that's their one hour where they're feeling down, mm-hmm. where they pull on my heartstrings just a little bit just watching them because they seem so, they probably have incredible closets. <laughs> And they yes, probably yes, never, they ever pay their taxes on April 15th, which oh I have gosh. done multiple times. Oh, and, and we it's like, have filed extensions. Right? It's like, there, it's like, you know, it's kind of a thing where we're chasing after certain things. And for you and I, what we value is chasing after joy. Yes. And it's like what we value. On, on the mosaics you've made in my house, there's two quotes. Two out of the three have quotes. And the first is uh, the quote that you talk, you talk about on this podcast, I think, right. Mm -hmm. Tell me what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's Mary Oliver says that in one of her beautiful poems. And, and it's, that is what, where I think you and I, um, that's where, that's where I want to live from personally. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know enough about you. It's, it's easy for me to talk about us because I know you so well and Mm -hmm. we do things in tandem a lot and we work together on things, but it's like, that joy, that spark is, is something that I'm willing to sacrifice a lot of things to, to accomplish, you know, mm-hmm. to get, that's the thing. I remember when I quit teaching mm-hmm. to do photography and my, my first year in business, I think I made $6,000 gross or something mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? It was like not sustainable. I was, you know, it was like, I was subbing on the side and doing a few other things to like make the stuff work together. Um, and I, you know, I started very late in the year. So I suppose that's not really fair to say I made $6,000 over the whole year because mm-hmm. it was a very, you know, couple months, but, um, everybody was terrified and everybody was like health insurance, health insurance. Mm-hmm. How are you going to have health? insurance? And I was like, that seems like such a weird thing to, and back in those days, health insurance was, you know, there's some different options for health insurance now. And, 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 um, it was a big chunk of my bills for sure. It still mm-hmm. is. But the idea that we would, um, that I that I would make my life choices based on the kind of stability that that I think is is um, is at the forefront for most people. And I just happen to be born with a brain that that's not at the forefront for me. Mm-hmm. The thing I have to have like oxygen is joy. Mm-hmm. The thing I have to have like food is creativity and sort of a vibrant life. That is what I want. That's what matters to me most. Must much to the chagrin of my. Poor parents. <laughs> oh, I know. It's hard to have yeah. people and you, no, the, your daughters right? want to try different stuff. It is. I mean, they supported me. Compl- they gave me health insurance one year for Christmas, which I That's thought was so, so nice. amazing. I know. It's like the best Christmas present I ever got. And so, I was like 24 or something. So mm-hmm. I think my health insurance was like $1.50 or who knows what. But the, yes, that, but still, that oh, first year, that was a real helpful. gift. Yeah. What were you, where, where did you grow up, Amy? What was it like? What were you like as a little girl? Oh, Amy, little girl Amy. I think about her a lot, actually. And, um, and you know, for those of us that have been in a lot of therapy, hey, <laughs> hey, podcast world, pull your car over and go to therapy. <laughs> Try it's it. Like, it's it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. Um, 
I've been in therapy for a long time. Uh, I go to therapy recreationally now is what I tell people. <laughs> like, I, I literally go recreationally. My therapist and I have had that breakup conversation where she's like, I think you're good. And I'm like, I think I I'm still going to come because I, I want to have a, a space mm-hmm. to process things that is not just with friends and not just with my partner and mm-hmm. not just with my family. But, you know, um, but yeah, I, um, yeah, I, do, what, what, where did you grow up? Were you in... Oh, that, yeah, little girl was, Amy. I was like, where? Why? What? How, how did I therapy? suddenly turn this conversation to therapy? Because uh, I, I talk to everyone about therapy. It's one of the soapboxes I get on a lot. Well, it helps you stay in a joyful spot. It really know, does. Put, it gives you skills. Aside. It gives... I mean, the amount of, of non-joyful moments I have had since starting therapy have gone down to 10%. Or I mean, it's just incredible what they can do. What, what those kinds of skills can give you. So little girl Amy was, the things I hear about her are that she was incredibly happy mm-hmm. all the time, that buoyancy that we talk about, the natural mm-hmm. peace. And then um, that I, I just really loved everybody. Again, mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of how, both Angie and I are Enneagram 7s, <laughs> podcast world. And, um, and that's called, if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, it's an amazing personality uh, test sort of thing and 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 it's got a series of numbers one through nine and the sevens are called the enthusiasts Mm -hmm. so that has been with me since i was young Mm -hmm. um and uh i don't remember viewing myself as creative i don't remember much Mm -hmm. to be honest i'm one of those people that doesn't have i don't either yeah i think it's kind of natural for people sevens we could do a whole Mm -hmm. podcast on the enneagram someday you need to have a podcast on enneagrams i'm a big i'm a big enneagram nerd if you're out there and you want to nerd out about the enneagram let me know um but i I think that I was always, I mean, there's, I was always very, uh, I loved people Mm -hmm. and I was always, but I never viewed myself as someone, I was never an artist. I never drew a lot as a kid. I never did anything like that. I remember being um, probably 15 and begging my school counselor to, to make a photo class because we didn't have a photo class. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at myself as a high school kid, I was pretty easy, go lucky, do whatever I want, like blah, blah, blah. I I wasn't driven. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I was in an, an office and my school like demanding that we create a new course it was like that that I clearly was really into that at that point to mm-hmm. ask for a class like that and then um, I ended up going into this media course that had a two-week darkroom section mm-hmm. that I then took over and taught for the teacher who was more in the like video tech editing world yes. and so then I just basically stayed in there for the rest of high school teaching kids how to use the darkroom and making darkroom prints and I was oh just gosh. obsessed with photography from then on it was a lifelong love the dark room is an amazing place it was oh it gosh. really is i miss those it those are really like those are some of the strongest memories actually from high school and mm-hmm. my photographs were terrible they were so bad but i loved being in the dark room and watching yeah. oh my gosh the prints start to come um, the magic of it there's a lot of magic, magic in there and and i think we miss that i mean i i shoot so i i have this difficult thing with my art a lot of us are paid for our art but there's there's a beautiful quote elizabeth gilbert they are <laughs> yeah, yeah and you should get on that right, right we should all be on that train everybody out there you should get paid for your art um follow this podcast for more tips on how so uh, well we can direct you to some yes, of those right so um but yeah i i um i have the kind of job that um the thing i like to say is my day job is everybody's dream job mm-hmm you know, they're like, you're a photographer. It works great when we are at um, cocktail parties, especially when I'm with my partner because yes. he's a, a music producer. So I'm like, oh, yeah, yes. he's a music producer. I'm a photographer. <laughs> Look out, right? But the truth is we both just send emails and 
right? Invoices and, and that's a large part of our job is the running of the business of mm-hmm. things. And so, and clients and the work I do for clients is based on their it does desires. It so sexy though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, right? It really, it's great. It's great cocktail party conversation yes! for sure. People love it. But the reality of it is a, is a little bit more um, day-to-day mundane stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you have, to run a business, it takes a business. You have to run a business. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the ways that I early on learned to separate it because my fine art is really different and I shoot it differently and it's for a different purpose. And when I'm working with a client, what they need out of this photo shoot, I bring my own style, my own voice, all Mm -hmm. these things. But the truth is I'm collaborating with them on the vision. And then when I pick up my film camera, which is why I still do distinction between digital and film, I think personally, Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. it just really helps me to be able to pick up a film camera and know now it's only about me. Mm -hmm. Because a large part of my job is to make sure the person I'm photographing likes their photo. That's Mm -hmm. my day job. Yeah, And it's a really dangerous thing to walk into your art uh, in a collaborative way like I do and be thinking, I got to make sure that this person loves their photo. Mm-hmm. And actually, Rose is a beautiful example of that because I was so aware that I didn't want it. Um, I didn't. I wanted to make sure she would love the photo I made of her. Mm-hmm. That really mattered to me. Um, and so it's not that when I'm making fine art, I don't care if they like their photo, but I need to shoot from my own uh, vision. Yeah. And right. so when I'm shooting fine art stuff, it's a very different mindset. And that camera shift from film to digital, digital film helps me really distinguish um, who, how collaborative it is and, and where the original vision is coming from. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes, it does make total sense. Um, so as you're, as you're heading into your 46th year, do you mm-hmm. imagine that you're going to be shooting on film a lot? Can you, are you doing, yeah, yeah. are you seeing that for yourself? Well, I'm going to have to put it on my Angie list Yes, and better. really have some accountability there. So I'm glad you're in the room as I say like, <laughs> yes, I do. I do. I, I, um, one of the, I, I think as, as creative people, as anyone, mm-hmm. not just create, I mean, we're all creative. I, I would go to the mattresses as they say making mm-hmm. sure i would fight anybody to the death on that we are all creative we all have it in us i think it's a need i think it's an innate need like the need to be loved or to be accepted or to be seen or to be known i mean i think being creative to be you know productive or to be uh safe all these big needs i think we can put creative right in there with that and so I, well, we all started out that way yes, like we all yeah. knew how to create stories when you're playing and yeah. imagine yeah it is hard for some people to hold on to it but absolutely and I think that it's hard for everybody to hold on to it and we all I've been reading a lot in the last few years about habits and how to form habits and productivity and some of that real boring gritty stuff that's mm-hmm. wonderful I love that stuff I nerd out big on that hey nerds let's talk about productivity and hey thanks for Mel for making it a little yes, bit more fun right, right? Oh, five four three two one do it oh, if you don't know Mel Robbins that's a Mel Robbins <laughs> thing and it's great so I I have learned, I've had to learn the parameters that work best for me. If I can set myself up for creative success, there are things that I need mm-hmm. and they are deadline and, um, and accountability, mm-hmm. which comes from you mm-hmm. largely and, um, and, uh, an end product, like an mm-hmm. end result. Like I'm going to, like, I just recently had photos hanging in the windows of the old bachelor farmer cafe. And those were made mm-hmm. with a state arts board grant from the Minnesota state arts board. Yeah. And I've gotten two or three of those. I can't remember. <laughs> I think three. I think I've gotten three of those. But they, um, they're incredible grants, really beautiful program. If you haven't yes. checked out the Minnesota State Arts Board, look it up. They're back this year, by the way. They're back. Yes. And, um, but those, some of the most 
amazing work I've made, the most rich work, the rich, the richest creative time I've had is when I've went, not when I have a state arts board year where Mm -hmm. I've, but it isn't the money. They give you a grant, you have funding, Mm -hmm. but it's never the funding that really lights a fire under my butt. It's Mm -hmm. that I have to have a project finished by this date and I have to have an exhibition if that's what I've written in the proposal. And the exhibition has to happen within this month to this month. Mm -hmm. And that's my only option. Yes. And I need that kind of accountability and that kind of pressure, if Mm -hmm. you will. That's the kind of pressure cooker in which I come out the best. Yes. I can create the best stuff in my, I don't, I don't have an air fryer or an Instant Pot, but you get the idea. You put all the things in there, you leave it simmering for two hours, you open the lid. Holy cow. How did all that junk become something beautiful? That is that that pressure is part of what does that oh, for me. And big so, time. I mean, I yes, have to have that right? as well. Big and time. I would imagine yours because so many of your you know your mosaics are so large and they're site specific and they're you know often funded by something or somebody's asked you to come. Like mm-hmm. even me in that case, like mm-hmm. this is you know we design it together and then it's like you have accountability in your work as well. And I think that that's got to be super helpful. But you do need it. Everyone need. I mean, well, almost every artist I know needs a deadline, and because a lot of self-impose or whatever with yeah, accountability yeah, but it yeah. is if it's just hanging out there like I think I want to do this there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that can get in the way in a normal day mm-hmm. just like I don't want to do the resistance absolutely that you just absolutely gets in the way of it. so I started my 46th year a couple days ago yes and do I have plans to make genius work that's going to elevate me to a new level of like joy and craft <laughs> yes I do am I yes. going to do it we'll see uh-huh. am I going to do it depends on if I'm going to actually create the right circumstances for myself to be successful and meeting with you and having accountability and doing the kinds of weekly mundane practices that we do is part mm-hmm. of how we do that. Yeah. Big time. For sure. That's really exciting. I can't wait for all of these amazing things to, to come Amen. out of that. You know, Amy, one thing about you, like people, like you were getting, you, you do so many things to care for your body and for your spirit and mm, you know yeah. how to get there through your walks in the woods and through your monthly massage and like what she cracks me up so much cause she's, I just love it. You're like, I'm having my massage today. And then you go to your <laughs> restaurant and you have this delicious yeah, meal yeah, and you yeah. write in your journal. Yeah. Like, people don't know that that's like a it's real a practice thing that really, that you can yeah. bring into your life yeah, yeah. and make really a lot of your days do feel like a birthday to me. Like they're, they're so filled what with meaning and with nature and with um, going to your spot. Can you help tell everyone what your spot is? Oh yeah. Yeah. So my spot, which Ange and I both call my spot because it's always on the list. Go to my spot, go to my spot. And the spot is this. <laughs> it's not as dirty as it sounds. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, oh dang it. I'm going to sell it. The, the spot is this, is a little meditation space mm-hmm. and it's tucked away in a little um, window nook of my, you know, upstairs. And it's, um, it's, a, it's just, you know, anybody who has an altar space in their house, you can visualize what I'm talking about. It has rocks I've collected and wood from forests I've visited and things that matter to me and rocks that, you know, st- precious stones people mm-hmm. have given me and crystals and things like this and plants now, plants. And, um, thanks garden coach. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Coach. I do have a garden coach. <laughs> Don't even get me started on all the Don't. people in my it's life, awesome. the business coach, the garden coach, the therapist, because, and, and so it's, it's funny. Cause when you say that, like, I forget I am not someone for whom um, self-care came naturally. Mm. When I started teaching, it's, I bet your face just did surprise, which is amazing because you yes. know, you've known me for a long time. Mm-hmm. But when I began teaching early in my 20s, um, I, I think we were given 15 sick days or something. And I would have used, every year I taught, I would have used all my sick days before Christmas break. 
And I would only take a sick day if I was really, I mean, I was sick all the time. I was exhausted. Mm. I never got enough sleep. I was running on fumes. I would, I mean, I have a friend who I've been friends with for 20 years who would joke sometimes about how like, oh, Amy's sick again. Like, it's like a thing. And I don't remember the last time I was sick. I mean, because mm-hmm. what I figured out was that this body of mine will be very, very bossy about needing attention and rest. Mm-hmm. And I can either give it rest on a regular basis in a way that's sustainable for me, or it will crash my train into the mountain mm-hmm. and I will have to be laid out, you know, sick for five days or something. It's like, and, and I don't, I don't mean that to sound like I, like my body is weak. It's not, oh, see right there. It's not weakness. It's just an awareness. Mm-hmm. And so now I have gone off the other side of that deep end in a beautiful way. And so you were talking about my, my massage. Mm-hmm. So I get a monthly massage. Part of that is being a photographer. We lift heavy gear all day long. If I don't do a monthly massage, a lot of stuff gets messed mm-hmm. up in my, you know, it's a way for me to stay healthy. But if you're getting a massage, you might as well take yourself out to a solo dinner afterwards yes. and write in your and visualize things you want for your life and read that beautiful poetry that you mm-hmm. love that you never get around to reading, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like we are so, we're, we're not necessarily as disciplined as we should be all, I mean, I'm not, but like we're quick to work out our bodies because we're supposed to exercise to manage our health and we're quick to uh take something away to be healthy and I shouldn't this so much or I shouldn't that so much. And there's space for that. But what are the things that light you up, that make you feel alive? Mm -hmm. Those are the places that I think we should spend our time and energy. And you do it. Yes. So in the last, and it is something I've worked hard for. And to hear you recognize that in me and for you to say like, yeah, that's who you are. You're so right. Mm -hmm. I absolutely am that way. But sometimes my brain still remembers a different me. Hmm. That was for so long, you know, and now Shut up, old brain, right? Look at me now, which we, I mean, I say that on purpose out loud because I know that's a, it's an experience we all have yes. where we oh do have gosh. old voices that have not caught up to the reality of how much better we are yes. at a thing. Oh my gosh. Yes. You are so much right? better than you used to be I mean, at those Amen. things. Oh my gosh. You're if you want to so nerd better. out about self-care, call me. <laughs> like, you can nerd out with a lot of things. You sure can. Lady. You sure can. But big she nerd. also can like waltz into the room in like this outfit that came from who even knows what like you find oh, yeah. so much joy in clothing I do. I do. and jewelry and just like oh you come you're just such a sparkler in this world holy cow me anderson right back at you hey, babe what is inspiring you right now is there anything you can think of well there's i can think of the right nows mm-hmm. the right nows and the right nows are um my partner brett he got me a a beautiful um, Annie Leibovitz book for my birthday last week and so I'm really into her and it's a book of hers that I have never seen before which is called Pilgrimage which is like about her process so I'm really I love reading other photographers processes like to find out how they make the pictures that they make I like to look at a lot of pictures mm-hmm. I think that that's part of what makes you a better photographer is to look at pictures um, and lots of them and good ones you know books and things like that but also bad ones um, I have been really into Ada Limon. She's the poet laureate of the U.S. currently, and I went to hear her speak a few weeks ago with Krista Tippett, and it was totally inspiring. And her poetry is really, it's it, the voice of it is very modern, current, normal voice. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's hitting me in a way, I mean, I read a lot of modern poetry, probably most of the poetry I read is would be considered modern poetry but um it's just so natural the language and it's been really fun to play around with that 
and um, and then I've been trying to I've been trying to move away. It's hard for me to shoot in the winter because I like to shoot outdoors and I like to shoot people I meet when they're outside when they're sitting around in a park and there's just nobody outside really. I mean, I make shoveling pictures occasionally some winters, but everyone <laughs> just looks miserable and they just you know what I mean. They're like, it's and a- we are heading in yes. to some epic snow days ahead. Absolutely, where, well, we are. The gift is that we can help push people out. Yes, and people do need yes. help shoveling their sidewalks, so there might be some good like people behind a car. I've met <laughs> almost all my neighbors on weekends like we're about to have weeks yes. like we're about to have here. It's um so I think the inspiration for me right now and the nitty-gritty is the words and the pictures of those two women and then um and then uh just uh just being present winter I've let winter especially this winter be a really uh beautiful hibernation for me Mm -hmm. and I really have been enjoying kind of letting it be slow spending time in bed in the morning like journaling and reading things and listening to podcasts and just like really diving into the slowness of the season Mm -hmm. and so that's been really inspirational and I can't believe I ever was as active as I was you know I've I've come back to a pace I really like a really balanced pace where I'm proud of what I accomplish in a day and I feel really good about the things I get to experience yeah but I'm also not running with my hair on fire no you certainly are not and the I just have an image stuck in my head we went to take our dogs to the dog park the other day (laughs) and there was a really slippery spot and Amy (laughs) we're like we have to slide down it's the only way like it was impossible to walk walk. the only option was for you to slide but this image will forever be in my mind and this is kind of who you are I think she just started going and she got some serious momentum (laughs) serious momentum and it was like I don't know how this is gonna end I didn't know but this is like She's just this joyful person sliding through life, gliding through it with your arms out wide. And Mm -hmm. you are just, Mm -hmm. oh, you are such an inspirational and kind and loving and fun, 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 enthusiastic Mm. woman. And I am, I'm just so honored to have gotten to talk to you tonight. Thanks And I can't wait for the world to get to know you even more. For those who don't know you, they're going to really dig it they're gonna pull over their car many times many times (laughs) no it's uh it's i i feel the same exact way about you i'm so grateful to have been here and to be able to be a part of this project and then for the world to get to know like the vibrant angie well you know for you like this episode two (laughs) stay tuned my part like who knows like the clunkiness of my skill i don't even care it's like yeah whoever is that right on whoever i'm sitting with Mm -hmm. i'm like Oh my gosh, what a gift mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. to get to hear them for even a little bit of time. And what a gift to my heart. I'm a, yeah. It's just so yeah. special. This is something we get to do often, but not everyone else gets to know all yeah. these things. Right, that that's true. These com- this conversation we had is so normal for us. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun to get to, you know, have, have other people yes. pulling their cars over <laughs> and being a part of it. It does feel more like a community, which I really love about podcasts in general. I think they're really a fun medium for that. It is. You're such a fun person in this world. I love you. Too, you too, Ange. See you soon. Woohoo! Well, that was fun. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate your time. And I hope you stop back next week. I have an amazing guest. He's just totally magical in every way. And I think he'll blow you away. Um, yeah, if you would like it, review, download, share, do any of those things that would really help build this podcast dream of mine. Until next time, friends. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life?